Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Uncomfortable clothes are just the worst, and no one should have to deal with that. I mean, I'm not too ashamed to admit it. In the beginning of my journey, I had some podcasting pants. They were uncomfortable. They weren't aerodynamic. Yo, it was hurting my performance. And there are so many better options out there like Viore. Their performance apparel is unbelievably comfortable and versatile. For instance, their performance jogger, you'll never want to take it off. And you can pretty much wear it anywhere. The gym, while you run your errands, or while you're relaxing at home watching movies. So get yourself some of the most comfortable clothing ever at Viore. It's an investment in your happiness. And get 20% off your first purchase by visiting viore.com slash ringiverse. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash ringiverse. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. To the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringers Nexus podcast, the theme for all things fandom. We are uh, Jomi, the explainer at dinner on you about questions he's gonna answer. Steve Almond Joy, architect himself, the builder of things, and old man Van here of the receding hairline. No Charles today, but we are still known as uh, the Midnight Boys. Chuck Wagon is still on vacation. Okay, it's his birthday today. Oh, it's birthday. It's his birthday. Let's sing happy birthday for Charles. All right, let's do it. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Steve, wait, 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 what? wait. Steve, yeah. you sing happy birthday. Oh? You started. Okay. Happy birthday. Are you going to come in at some point? Or are you going to? Yeah, just I want yeah, 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 yeah. to know. Just, we just want to know what you're going to sing. Okay. Go ahead, Steve. If I don't, if, if I get to the two you part and you haven't started, I'm going to just like, sing the song. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy, happy, birthday, happy birthday to you. Now let's sing the now let's sing now let's sing the real one. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy. Just wanted to see which version you were gonna sing. Steve. Well, if I was gonna go with the Stevie Wonder one, I would have been. And told in so. light of recent developments that we'll talk about <laughs> at a later time. Okay. We should have known that you were gonna that you were gonna sing this one. Hmm. We wish you many happy returns, long life, and prosperity. Hip hip, hooray! Hip hip, hooray! Happy birthday, Charles! Love you, Charles! Happy birthday, my brother! All right, you have to follow the Midnight Boys on all socials for Jomi, uh, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, programming reminders! Okay. Thursday, House of R gives you their wrap-up. But season one, The House of the Dragon. I saw a post on the Reddit that said, rank this season of House of the Dragon with every season in Game of Thrones. So that was interesting to me. Now, a big concern of mine was that you promised yourself that you wouldn't be visiting the Reddit anymore. I did it. Well, okay. well that's I, did it. I, I did it. Sometimes you got to look. Sometimes you got so sometimes you got to look. I did it. <laughs> I, I, I visited the Reddit because of all the podcasts, but outside stuff. Oh, and, right. Okay. Yeah. Somebody said that they got posted there. So I, I, I looked there. Then I have to look around for other stuff. But I will say that was interesting. That was actually a, a, an interesting post. Great shows those those guys do. Mm. I'm not talking about podcasts I'm outside right now. Shout out to those guys; they're great. But I'm talking about ranking all of the seasons of Game of Thrones, including Houses of the Dragon. I think it's something that we should do on next on on next oh, week's that's show. Tough. That's really wow. hard. I think that's wow. something we should. I think that's an interesting one. Every once in like a while, that. Reddit comes through. I think that's an interesting one. Okay, to be honest all right. with you, something to think about. Yeah. Uh, Friday, the House of R gives their deep dive into the latest episode of Ander. Ander. I like to say it the way Stellan says it. Ander. Cassie and Ander. Cassie and Ander. Cassie and Ander. Ander. On today's show, we're going to give our reactions to the eighth episode of Ander, and we were going to give you our our reactions on Tales of the Jedi, but we're going to wait till next week till Chuck Wagon is back to do that. And we're also going to give you a little nerd news today because big shakeup over at DC. Once again. Once again, DC shakes it up. The hierarchy of power. The DC universe DC. actually did change. It did change. For real this time. Tell me, that's actually true. The hierarchy of power at DC actually changed. Maybe that's what The Rock was talking about the whole time. Wow, okay. Yeah, maybe. He, just, he, he saw the writing the on the wall. He had the yeah, vision. He, he, he could see the vision. Um, okay, but today it's all about Andor, a show that we love. Steve, give me my spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about Cassian Andor. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. Now, it would not be a recap if we did not put you guys in the know. And the only way we do that here is by giving you the Midnight Manifest, which Charles is not going to be giving you today. It's going to be Jomi the Explainer. Who better to explain to you what happened in this episode of Cassie and Andor's show than Jomi the Explainer? Take it away. Episode 8 of Andor is titled Narkeena 5. It was directed by Toby Haynes and written by Bo Willemont. Caspian is transported to Narkeena 5 after being sentenced to six years in prison. We jump back to see Cyril getting apprehended by the ISB where he's being interrogated by Deidre about what really happened on Ferrix. Cyril gets permission to read the full report that he's never seen before. We jump back to Deidre who goes back to the heads of the ISB to report her justification for her resources to investigate all of Ferex so they can find Cassian and unknown to them, Luthen, who they've codenamed Axis. Back on Narkina 5, Cassian and his fellow prisoners are given the rundown on how their terms will work out on this penal colony and given an introduction to the Empire's electric floor punishment. Back at the ISB, Cyril says that the report is only partially accurate. He can't seem to remember the details as Deidre asks for them. She tries to dismiss him, 
And as he protests, Deidre insists that he leaves it alone and to forget the meeting happened. Cassian meets the floor manager and fellow prisoner, Kino Loy, played by the one and only Andy Circus, And he tells him what he needs to do to survive. So he and his fellow prisoners, as they make parts for the Empire. On Coruscant, Mon Mothma is holding a fundraiser and conversing with Tay on where to put those 400,000 extra credits. Cassian observes prisoners talking to each other via sign language across the facility tunnels. Are they hinting at something? Maybe a revolt or a breakout? Interesting. Back on Ferrix, Bix is taking care of Marva after she had a fall, trying to see if the sewer tunnels attached to the old hotel are accessible. Brazos and Bix try to find a way to best take care of Marva while they're being observed by Vel and Cinta. While on the trail of Cassian, Vel and Cinta speculate if they're on the right path to finding him. Vel hesitates to carry on the hunt, but Cinta assures her that the cause comes first for anything, even their relationship. Bix then tries to contact Luthen, and Clea is receiving the message saying that she's trying to find Cassian. Clea thinks it's too dangerous and demands that Luthen shut the channel to Ferrix down as it is simply not worth the risk, and Luthen obliges. Bix is later apprehended by the Empire as a known associate of Cassian Andor and is then brought into interrogation with Daedra. Later, we see Luthen meet with rebel leader Saw Guerrera to discuss potential trade for Imperial parts in exchange for a meeting with another rebel leader. Saw refuses, stating that he is not politically aligned with him. And they are all lost to the cause and that Luthen should leave with his parts. We have no deal. We end on a shot of Cassian toying all away, making parts for the Empire in hopes to escape. And that is the manifest for episode eight of Ander. Let's react to the episode. Let's start with Joan Skittle. Jummy. Another great episode of television. I liked how this episode built on some of the stuff we talked about previously. Some things we were like, could this happen? Would we see this? And now things are starting to come together. We got some nice callbacks, some people that we recognize. And some people were like, oh, I know that guy. So this was a really nice episode of television. I'm glad to be on this ride. What about you, Steve? What you think? Loved it yet again. I, I It felt like the last episode was a little bit of like a an epilogue to that first like other arc with the uh with the robbery job that they just pulled and then they have the immediate aftermaths and now we're i can clearly see like another three episode arc of something that cassian has to deal with along with uh deirdre and everything that's happening on fraxis this was a very compelling and great like interesting location change as well as some good fallout for a couple of other characters that have this really good through line throughout the season. I'm loving it so far. Love it. Fantastic. Andor's, Andor has been able to do something that not very many other shows have been able to do, which is really maintain the kinetic energy uh, from scene to scene, from episode to episode in a way that it's like not even, I'm not even talking about Star Wars shows now. I'm talking about shows, period, that are able to think about how much happens in a week. A lot happens in a week. Think about it. This Think about happen. how much this- happens in a week. Like, but last week, when Andor was on, Kanye had an Adidas deal. What? All right. Okay. That's not making the pod. Why would you even very say true. that? That's, That's getting on. cut. That's not getting... Why would that get cut? That's they did cut. the right thing. Not, why would that get this. cut? Why would... What are you talking about? They did the right thing. They did the right thing. 
But for for I don't disagree for, with you. For but... for for us to be able to pick up and fall right back into it, right? Like it's what that's when the show is cooking with grace. It's cooking with grace, grace. Jomi, well, stop being so afraid. <laughs> Just don't, why don't you say that? You could have picked so many other things. Like there's <laughs> a lot of stuff in the world that changes week to week. That yeah. come on, that's an interesting development for sure. Though Cassian is in jail and sucks. And let, let, let me say something about jails as depicted on television. Okay. I have a question for you guys. What is the worst TV or movie jail? The craziest one that you've ever seen. Oz. Oz is pretty bad. Oz is pretty, pretty bad. The one in face off was pretty bad. Ooh, that's also mm, another yeah. bad one. That's another that bad, one was bad, bad one. when they had the little thing and they lock you down. Yeah. Future prisons where they figure as soon as those guys walked out and they didn't really have weapons, but they had weird boots on. I was like, this jail is all fucked up. Those are cool boots, though. Well, well remember, they're in the transport. It's like, take off your shoes. I was like, that's weird, you know, but yeah. I'm sure it'll come back, you know, and then for them to be barefoot on the platform. And dudes come up, yeah, you're like, what's going on? Why do they have shoes? By the and way, they're they not wearing shoes then, the whole time. They never yeah. wear shoes. That that's sucks. Actually, that's actually good for you, though. Is it? That's good. How is that yeah, good for you? So, number one, when they, got, when, they tell, when they told them to take their shoes off in the thing, I thought it was like a TSA situation. I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I watch sure. There too. Uh, but no, remember those guys back in the day that used to uh, have those, like, those shoes, but they look like actual feet? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. Like, they had the little grippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, you'd see those guys. I remember one guy, uh, he played basketball in them. We mm-hmm. were playing basketball. It's, it has basketball. the toe parts. Yeah. Yeah, it has Excuse the toe parts. He played hoops with that? He was hooping at LA Fitness with No, no ankle support? How do you even grip nah. that? That's got to be. That's well, so got to be bad. So here's the thing, though. Those people claim, and those people are like a cult. Those people that wear those footsie things. <laughs> they claim that they don't need ankle support because the more that you use your actual feats, mm-hmm. okay. the better it is for your shins and the stability of the bottom of your body. So this could actually be good for Cassian, according to those feetsy slipper-wearing people, because, like, walking around with no shoes on and working out barefooted, people say it's actually good for your body. Right. So well, a lot I mean, of those guys when they need to deal with an electrified strong. floor, uh, yeah. not, I not the best. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. Pseudoscience is not really hidden for me. I got to be honest with you. You're I'm not, not seeing that. No. Nah. So Cassian's in this situation now where he's in this really high-tech prison. Scary place. Scary because of how clean it is. You know how some prisons are scary because of how dingy it is? This The, it, it, the prison did a good job of just explaining how the order of the empire can actually be terrifying. It's, it, it's so well done because, like, for a second I was like, oh, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. Just, like, don't get your feet electrocuted or whatever and then i'm like no like everybody here is like just kind of like just lulled into a sense of safety because they know they're never gonna leave so they've just accepted all of that and it's terrible like the idea that that like the unit manager has just made it a game but it's still hard labor is really fucked up but everybody's fine with it 
Like they're just like sucking stuff out of a tube and then it's like that's their food. That sucks. Is it hard labor? I'd imagine well, so. It's got a it's it's a not easy. A 12 hour shift of doing that? Yeah. Like, it's, come a, on. it's it's long labor. But I'd say that's pretty hard. So 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 what I'm saying is it's unpleasant labor. It's not like they're in there breaking rocks. I like actually when I looked at what they were doing, the assembly line nature of it, even that it was cruel that it was uncruel. I don't know. There's there's it's everything. True. Okay, so look. You remember uh remember um you got to see Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. No. Every weekend on TNT. You've never no. seen Shawshank Redemption. No. How I have you myself. not? Like you that's, that movie's Jeremy, you've never seen Shawshank Redemption. You're lying. No. Nah, I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. That's almost impossible to it's, have not seen it. Like you can't avoid no, that that's movie. The, that's the Green Mile, and that's a different movie. Uh, no, nah, I never seen shot. Is that the one with um, Morgan Freeman? Oh my! This is fucking. T- this That's is crazy. Ridiculous. This is so terrible. You've never seen sh- Andy Dufresne. Oh, oh, and he's in the rain. He's crying. Right? Are you fucking that- with me right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I'm trying to. Is um. Oh, that's the one where they gotta like we gotta dig the whole spoon. Is that the one? Yeah, he's seen. He got He got You got to swim through miles. Nah, he's I've never him. seen he's, it before. Yes, I've never seen lying. it before. You're a, you're a liar. I, I promise you, I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. Well, the, why? Dude, how do you know some? Because you just know it through pop culture. Because osmosis, cultural yeah. osmosis. Osmosis. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal, Jomi. God damn it. There's a part in the Shawshank Redemption where they have to like tar a roof or whatever, and it's very hard work. But they're all up there hanging out. They get like a. They get somebody to bring them a beer or something like that. But they're all up there hanging out. They're in the, they're in the, uh, they're in the elements or whatever, whatever. So the work is hard, but the shifting of their actual scenery, in some way, lends to some camaraderie between the guys. What these guys are doing is less labor intensive, but seems for it seems more soul destroying for some reason the actual order of it go faster compete with one another like the way that the empire has it it seems menacing and disturbing in a very specific way and i thought the episode did a great job of illustrating that it's terrifying because they they gamify that task based thing which is like all of these structures like this level and this unit are competing with each other and we need to be in the top three of this floor because my section is this good. Don't fuck up my line. D- like, do all of this. And, like, it's that weird, small, like, psychological breaking where that, like, okay, it might not be as hard as you think, but you'll get electrocuted if you're not that good. So, top Constant top. terror yes. and yeah. constant trepidation mm-hmm. from doing it. It was just, that whole thing seemed really sterile and off-putting and crazy to me. Well, for me, it was the fact that Kino was so involved and like, all right, man, y'all not going to mess this up for me. I got 243 days left on my sentence. 243 days till retirement. I'm getting out of here and y'all not going to mess this thing up for me. And to be like, he's also a prisoner, right? He's also, he's one of them, but it doesn't feel like that, right? He's wearing the same uniform, but he's acting like a guard. He's like, hey, get this thing going. You're just going to, st- Cassie, just, or Keith, just going to stand there? Like, come on. Tighten up, pal. But he's also like weirdly friendly in a like slightly like he's empathetic a little bit because he's been there for years too. That's 
the most devious thing about the empire, the most devious thing about the empire is that they're able to take your wants and needs and weaponize them to essentially make you into them. And to see that happening is, first of all, you know, I love Andy Serkis. He's awesome. Andy Serkis is awesome. I heard his voice. I call him the the Serkberry. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What is happening? like, because it starts with a, like, yeah. it starts uh, like a voiceover, and I was like, is that what I think that is? No, they didn't get it. Wasn't he already in this thing? And he sees his face, and I'm like, oh. Not in human form. Yeah. Not in human form, yeah. that's right. Star Wars double dipping. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they get, they're getting the most out of Cirque Barry that they can get. Of course they can. Um, so, look, Cassian's situation seems hopeless. And we're not, you, we're used to seeing Cassian in this show be anything but hopeless. He seems like he always has an answer. He seems like he always, that, that his skills, his bravery, um, and his mettle are always up to any task. But it's interesting throwing him back into the water here to where we don't really know how he's going to get out of this particular predicament. It's, and and, it, and it, it doesn't seem like there's any way. I don't know, man. They got some boots hanging around there. There are some boots hanging around, but like there, the there are always these little breadcrumbs of things that sign give language, you tiny sign language across the like yeah. massive fields of prison labor. Like it's it's so huge this facility, and this is just like one planet amongst several of what are they building? Like they're all, making all of these components to where the like they don't even really know what it is, uh, but it makes entire sense that this is how the empire gets amasses all of this technology and all of these incredible feats because it's like, oh, this is how they were able to build all these ships in years because they had a bunch of prison labor across the galaxy. Wow, guys. The Empire. Some reality there. Yeah. Like, how do you think they made hundreds of Star Destroyers? Yeah, I know. I'm saying just putting people in jail on trumped-up shit Yeah, and then making them work for nothing. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a tough look. Oh, Real bad. It's, 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 I hate to see it. I hate, hate to see, see it. it. It happens. I wonder if they're taxing their phone calls at high amounts and you know, treating them like shit. I wonder if there's some people in there in the Empire prisons on petty marijuana charges. You know, all kinds of stuff. It, it's, it's, it's upsetting. I mean, Cassian did literally nothing. So He did, he, he did nothing. The show's doing a fantastic job. We've talked about this before. Of, of letting you know just how shitty the Empire really is. And not just shitty in terms of... Uh, and obviously, we've seen an escalation in some of the shittiness of the Empire since the Aldani raid, but you're living in a place where at any particular moment, you could be walking a hot floor. Uh, the stormtroopers aren't there to maintain order. They're, de- they're there to shape the society in the will of the Emperor. And that's their job. Their job is to shape the society in the will of the emperor. And that society needs all kinds of cogs. And Cassian becomes a goddamn cog. When do you think we see the breakout? Is there going to be a breakout in the next episode? Let's do some prognostication here. Is there going to be a breakout in an episode after? God damn it. I need to know when you guys think the breakout's coming. Uh, I'm going to guess in the next two episodes. Because I'm trying to do the math here. Because like, if we've got 12 for this season, we're at 8 now, 9, 10. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be in two episodes. This is going to be a rough situation because there's got to be like, I think we're going to turn on the unit manager. Andy Circus might get a little, you know, stabby, stabby. 
I think that it's got to be like a an entire prison break just to get Cassian away from all of this stuff and then find a way to get out because he's got no money. He's got uh, no way of getting back to where he needs to go. Like, this is going to be a long brewing thing. And then all of these other, like, threads, like I, like, I wouldn't even know where the through line of a finale for this show looks like because usually we can kind of see what, like, the end threat or end result of this season can be. I have no, where the, no idea where this is going to go. I don't either. I, I, because I also don't know what point in, in his life it's going to stop at. But, Jomi, you were saying? I'm, I'm rocking with next week. I think you got the homie with the sign language, right, across the across the bays. And, you know, we, we see some boots. I think, I mean, the episode, you know, we, the last time we see casting of them, like, the homie homie just, like, died on the on the floor. You know what I'm saying? He don't want to be there. He's not trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? So... I would imagine we see him get out soon. We see the homie Melshi. If you got, if you if you know, you know, is his homeboy from Rogue One, right? And so they probably break out together, you know. And so we thought we're getting him in K two S O. Nah, it's the other homie, it's the homie well, Melshi. Maybe K two so comes like, comes around. Maybe no, nah, but I mean, like that's his boy. So they they for sure break out. I th- I think next week we'll we'll see it because again, Andy Serkis is like, hey man, I'm about to get out of here, bro. They they finna they finna mess up his bag something fierce. So well, there's crazy. A, there's a very telling line that that like a like you see a lot of the prisoners that are like trying to look out for Cassian and like acclimate him to like showing him like what the cell does and like this is the shower this is the water this is the toilet. Um, they're like just stop thinking about your sentence. You're here until they don't need you anymore. Until they don't need you anymore. So don't even think about six years. It's probably gonna be longer than that. And it's also just interesting for Cassian to be a victim of right. uh, of the raid on Aldani, mm-hmm. and the and the and the prisoners are noticing this. Like yeah. they're noticing that a lot more new people are just showing up for nothing because we're getting a lot of nothings now. Like, and the people that have been here longer clearly were would have been either separatist or actual criminals, and they would have gotten snuffed out because the labor was too hard anyway. Deidre is doing her thing. It's really right crazy that I'm she's, like kind of nodding my head to what Deirdre's doing. I'm like, yeah, she's getting my sense actually. Yeah. It, it's the yeah, fact no, that like no, she's like course, she's just figuring like, it Jesus out. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's Steve, that's Steve legitimately down. nuts. That's legitimately yeah, insane. That down with the empire, she dunks man. on Cyril though. I like that. You that's crazy. Me. So in that scene, I can see what you mean. Yeah, that's what I'm talking him about. Getting, seeing him getting treated like a little sniveling bitch because he seems so weak in front of her. Right, punk ass. <laughs> like he seems so, he seems so weird and so so weird and feeble in front of her, and she just doesn't fall for uh, like his bullshit. You know what I mean? And he he continuously tries over and over again. I was surprised in that scene though that she didn't recognize anything valuable about him because I am kind of waiting for the moment that sh- those two click up. They form like Voltron to become the most annoying duo in Star Wars history. It's coming. It's it's coming. Like I was, I was not surprised it didn't happen this episode because as soon as he gets called up to the big to the big dogs, I was like, ah, right, here it comes. They're gonna go back and forth, and he's gonna be like, hey, you need me on this. I can solve this. Like you see yeah. in every other movie. So her to be like, hey, I appreciate your help. Uh, this ain't really for you. You know what I'm saying? You don't get paid enough 
to deal with this. Uh, you gotta, you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the hell up out of here. It was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, I think they do come together, but man, it was not built for that moment. Cyril's not even in the G League, and he's asking for a shot at the pros. That's the thing, though. Like, I, I kind of felt stupid for thinking that Cyril could have impressed the ISB because immediately she treats him like a pest because she's been, he's been writing all of these goody two shoes reports that have all led nowhere. And like, you've just been like calling us and calling us like he's doing this like weird, like uh citizens arrest type of shit where he's just like trying to be the good guy when he can't even realize what that is, where she just sees him as a fuck up that ruined this job and let a criminal go away. At some point, her character has to realize what's inside of him, though. Sure. Because she's so perceptive that she just can't continue to miss the but fact. It, but here's the thing. It, it, like, it, I'm, I'm so fascinated at the fact that she just like dismisses him after he reads that full report. Because he never actually got a chance to do it. And he's like, well, this is wrong. Like, there are two things here that I would have had. But then he's kind of got nothing for her. And he, she's like, all right, well, then you are, then you actually are nothing. So unless he's like really galvanized to like figure things out on his own, I don't know if they might actually cross paths again. Interesting. Well, he is, he did kind of out himself as being, he couldn't rem- remember very much. Remember, he's not like a field dude. So he didn't remember very much about Luthen. He wasn't able to give them very, any, any real concrete stuff on Luthen. So he's more of a, egghead brainiac type of guy and I think she needed somebody with a little bit more savvy that could have extrapolated something um, that was more useful to them after uh, what happened you know what I mean so there was a little a little bit of a disappointment there it's just it's I think for me watching that scene and I was (laughs) watching them like interact was just so fun because he he is so single-minded like they mentioned all he wants to do is get Cassian. Like, he's filed six false reports on just trying to get Cassian. And he knows that he's behind what happened all down on, on uh, Ferrix. And they have an idea he might be behind what's happening, uh, what happened on Aldani. But the fact of the matter is they, like, Deidre's just so, you know, just so focused, just so, like, thinking, like, you know, oh, okay, I just got the sector. Let me do what I got to do, da-da-da. She's, like, kind of not hearing him because he's, like, he's got a point. Like, no matter what, how we feel about Cyril, you know, how much we hate his guts, he's right. And he he knows that Cassian had something to do with what happened on Aldowney, right? But the, the problem is he just can't get anybody else to see it. And so you kind of do feel like, ah, man, you know, I, you know, you wish somebody were here on middle, da-da-da. But ultimately, like, that has to come to fruition. At some point, they have to coalesce. And so I'm interested to see, I was interested to see that it didn't happen this week, but when in the future does it happen? Like, that's 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 a cool thing to keep hanging around. It might be something else that causes her to maybe go back to him and maybe take him a little bit more seriously. Here's the thing about Cyril. He's annoying, but he's not really wrong about, he's done some things that are, he's he's overzealous, but like, He's not wrong. He's not wrong, wrong. But like, man, if he's just not a little pissant, like you don't want him to be to be right. You don't like Cyril. No. no. Yeah, Why, who, would, who would like Cyril? He's got a good relationship with his mother. That's commendable. No, that's a terrible relationship with his mother. What are you talking about? That is kind of nuts. What you don't think, Jomi? That's not like your relationship with your mom. Not, my, not really though, because my mom will like hug me and be like, you know, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> 
Cyril's mom keeps calling him. Cyril's mom calls in all these favors. Like she's, he's just like trying to figure it out. He's kicking him out of that's the house. Like a, that's like a lot of people. That's Criticize, like a lot of criticizing moms. what he's wearing. Yeah. Like, but again, your mom fam. never criticizes what you wear. No, and I wish she did. Sometimes I, I, I could stand to dress better. Honestly, we like in the first time we saw his mom, she hugged, she slapped him and then she hugged him. Right? So what was the last hug? When was the last time you saw her show him affection in the show? She, she Any hugged type of him. affection. After that, man. After that. Oh no, because maybe she's not like that. Maybe she's maybe she's not touchy feely. That's, That's what I'm saying. You know, there's got to be there's got to be levels. Mm-hmm. It's just one level right now, and it's abusive, and that sucks. Listen, Star He's, Wars parents—they're made from tougher stuff. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. Star Wars parents. Star Wars is not a beacon of great parenting. True. Honestly, she might be one of the best Star Wars parents we've ever seen. Let's think now, about all of that. the parents that we've seen in Star Wars. Anakin's mom gave gave up her son to Jedi. Not great. Gosh, she knew Can't. for a couple of days. Let's not just keep it real. Guy, I mean, not now. Now here's the thing. Let's be real. They were slaves. So True. anybody that will come along and offer you some freedom, you might you might give them up. But Joey, yeah. you might want a, a longer probationary period. Anakin Skywalker as a father, cut his son's ah. cut his son's hand off. Can't do that. Had no relationship with his daughter, <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you know what I mean. Cut his son's hand off. Like think about other parents that we've seen in the Star Wars world. Han Solo probably not great. Oh, I mean, come on. Come, come on. on, man. He wasn't even there. He wasn't around that much. Absentee father. Wasn't around that much. Absentee father. He, was, he oh. wasn't around that much. Maybe Cyril's got it pretty good. Ben! <laughs> man, and by the way, the children aren't really that good. <laughs> it's I mean, Star Wars. You know? Not a great place for families. It's the cycle of trauma. What it's can not. we say? <laughs> man, yeah, it's, it's, what it's, can it's, you do? It's, it's not great. What it's about bad. race? What about race parents? Not I mean, her not grandparents. Her grandfather. Her grandfather. Grandfather. Not great either. Not. Ooh, it's not. It's great. dicey out here. It's dicey out here. Okay, it's, listen. Yeah, what you want? Just be glad you got a mom. Okay. Yeah. Be glad you got the really the best mom that we've seen in Star Wars is in this show. It's Cyril's mom. Okay, I stand corrected. Not Cyril's mom. Uh, Cassian's mom. Cassian's oh, mom. Yeah, Cassian's yeah, mom. she's you know she's dope. But the best father might be B. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, respect, respect Mando, right? Respect Din Djarin. Ah, he's a good dad. He's a good dad. He's a very good dad. Yeah, he's a he's a good dad. Like Din Din Djarin is a good dad. Like I fuck with Din. Yeah, he's a great dad. This episode is brought to you by Viore. Uncomfortable clothes are just the worst, and no one should have to deal with that. I mean, I'm not too ashamed to admit it. In the beginning of my journey, I had some podcasting pants. They were uncomfortable. They weren't aerodynamic. Yo, it was hurting my performance. And there are so many better options out there like Viore. Their performance apparel is unbelievably comfortable and versatile. For instance, their performance jogger, you'll never want to take it off. And you can pretty much wear it anywhere. The gym, while you run your errands, or while you're relaxing at home watching movies. So get yourself some of the most comfortable clothing ever at Viore. It's an investment in your happiness. And get 20% off your first purchase by visiting viore.com slash ringiverse. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash ringiverse. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward anytime, 
there's a drink like this. I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Jedi are being murdered. Now streaming, Star Wars Returns, only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. New episodes Tuesdays, only on Disney+. Plus. Our favorite couple is back. Val and Cinta. We wondered if we would ever see Cinta again. Very, very ho-hum. Cinta pops back up. They're on Ferrix. They're, they're on, hot on the tail of Cassian. They're trying to kill him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Props to Cinta for just like getting out of Dodge by herself and just finding me, her. That's great. Let me tell you something about Cinta, man. Cinta, Cinta a real one. Like Cinta built for kind of more real than kind of more real than uh, than her. It's like it's it's, it's kind of yeah, nuts. Vel not Vel's like, what about us, man? You know, we you know, is there room for me? So it's like, listen, we know what this is about. We're for the cause. I was like, okay, Cinta, talk to him. Like, mm. wow. Okay. Well, wait, hold on for a second. Cinta and Cinta was on some pimp player shit. It's like I yeah. always told you there was a, the cause first, movement first. And then we get whatever is left. That's toxic. That's woo. that's the city Talk girl. To him, Cinta. Yeah, Talk to like, him. Cinta. we is uh, is the is the cause first, and we get whatever less. We might get to hold hands after the mission. And Val can't. So look, I think that you guys can. Look, old Van, play Van is old. Play Van is old. I demand it. I think. I, okay. I, no, no, no. Van is old. Van. Oh my god! I just didn't think that was the word that would come out your mouth. I thought you would say something else, but we should not be surprised. We should not be I, surprised. It's, it's I, okay. I, I think I do think that it was a very interesting look into their relationship. I, I'm always taken by that line. I'm like a mirror. You love me because I show you what you need to see. That's mm. that's a tough bar. That's a tough one. Because we we thought like it's it's literally like a reflection. We thought that was Vel when we got when we showed her. We were like, you oh, think Vel was, was very resolute. She was mm. very well. Here's the thing: I think she was and very then, resolute for like those like X amount of months that she was prepping for that job, and then after that, she's like, "Well, shit! Like, I got orders now to kill the guy that I worked with for a couple of days. Now we got to figure out all this stuff." If you would have asked me, like after the first two episodes with uh, Vel and Sinta and everybody else, who was the like the rough one, who was the heart, I'd have been like, "Oh, Sinta's the heart." And Veil is, you know, the tough exterior. That's completely flipped. That's not even close to being true. It almost makes you know? me wonder if Luthen made Veil the leader of the mission because she was so malleable. It's possible. Mm -hmm. Because he could control her a little bit more, because she was a little bit more uh, easily influenced. Another in mystery that we still have. Still don't know if that's his kid or not. If could Vell's be his daughter. Could, still, we don't know Still yet. in play. She it's, mentions, Cinta mentions coming from a rich background. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Luthen got bread. Uh-huh. He yeah, does. Hey. He does. Yeah, so we so we don't, we, we, we do not know. Speaking of Luthen, let's talk about Luthen a little bit. 
It was a lot of people in this episode. Uh, it turns out that he did put out the order to uh, have to deal with Cassian, or at least he bring did. him in. He did do it, but once again, we're seeing a lot of very, very strong, significant others in this that seem to be the ones that are willing to do the things that need to get done. Because our protagonists and the people that we've seen in the past, they're wavering. Luthen seems to waver a little bit. Like, Vel seems to waver, waver a little bit. It seems like this episode did a good idea, excuse did a good job of letting us know that there is dissension amongst people in what and how this should be done. And there are various levels of uh, willingness to completely be assholes. You know, we think that Luthen is all the way there, right? Because he's a little bit further than Mom Mothma. But then, no, he's not. And we keep following that breadcrumb till we get to the appearance of who in this episode who was fucking Saw Gerrera who we know would kill a baby for the rebellion. Oh, damn it! Saul's nuts. Uh, yeah. but, and, that's, and to flip on the other side of that coin, when it comes to the Empire, Deirdre's really got to fight for her, her radical ideas of how to snuff out this rebellion. When, if we were to rewind a bit, she presents her findings to the ISB as a whole and even to uh, Partagast's boss. And... Like it's there's this amazing like back and forth that she has with Partagas boss with I think I think it was the major or general where she has all these lists and then she like has this like pause with the request that she has waiting to hear like from Partagas to like get some sort of quip off or some sort of like snide remark but like he's just listening and then he's like oh, how much is this going to cost like that's that's the bottom line and. To know that she's got to like make all of these cases just to get these one thing, this one thing done. She's so resolute in what she needs to do, whereas everybody else in the rebellion is like so cast to the wind. And there's a, quite a bit more infighting than we would have thought. Because there when, is. We see, when we see Luthen and Saw, like they are not on the same page. Yeah. My favorite part of that whole interaction was they sit down and Saw's like, was that chilling out, Donnie? It's like, not. I thought that was you. Nah, oh, man. You know, that's so I'm slick. To, hey, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to get, like, get you. like you. I'm trying to get like you. I'm trying to get like you. Nah, dog, but really. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get like you. <laughs> but nah, man, for real, seriously. No, all jokes aside, I'm trying to get like you. And then Luthen's like, well, then it was definitely you. It was definitely you. It was like, that was pretty slick. Yeah, right. Let's talk about Mom Mothma real quick. Mm. Yeah. Lots of interesting goings on in the world of Elman Mothma. Uh, her daughter's weird. I'm not <laughs> Something's sure going on there. Her Something's weird, going weird on kid. there, bro. Weird kid. I- I'm not sure what's happening with the daughter. Because they, she doesn't have to be in like half the, half the scenes. She could just be at her room chilling. But she's always just like, hey, Mom, uh, wh- what's, what's, what's up? It's like, what are you? Are we gonna are find you, out that the daughter and the husband are imperial spies? I mean, I believe it. Uh, I mean, like you would. Well, they would have had to. I mean, I don't think they conscripted them from the jump, right? Like, all right, when she turns eighteen, you go marry her. Da da da. That'd be like, hey man, slide you a couple honey. Tell me what your wife's up to, you know? And that's some crazy betrayal. That's nuts. Well, we we did learn that they didn't marry for love here. This was an no. arranged marriage. 
that happened. And they've been married no. since they were like 15 or 16 yeah. years old. So we did learn today that, you know, we see my mouth, but we know she's going to eventually be single in this thing. So we, we did learn that this marriage is not exactly the love story of our times. I, I worry about this relationship with the daughter because this is the first like actual confirmation that she's ever had a child before. Like We never knew that she had a kid in all of these other iterations before. And mm. she's not known in the rebellion uh, after the events of Andor or even before uh, the events yeah. of Rogue One. Like, I, I'm curious well, to know where this goes. They didn't call her Mom Mothma. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, Jomi. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I like. I, I want to be mad at it. I'm mad at it. No, I'm like, mad at it. I'm very mad at it. I want to be mad at it. Jomi makes one pun and everybody's happy. Nah, I like it. No, but, but, but seriously, like... It's it's so disturbing because she's just like floating around. She's just there. And like you said, Steve, we don't know. We didn't, you know, going back to Rogue One, going back to uh Empire, the first the first Star Wars movie, we don't know she has she had a kid. So it was she what her fate is. Um we just we talked about earlier, parenting and Star Wars is usually not up to par. So uh ah, it's not looking great. The yeah. the optics are not great so far. Yeah. Um we come back to Ferrix. Uh Ma's hurt. Mm. Upset, but that's okay mm. because we get to see Bix again. All right. Well, okay. Is it good for? Is it good for her? Or is it good for you? It's, <sighs> Jomi. That's a question that has been asked from <laughs> men to women. Tales all this time <laughs> for a, for mm. a, for a long time. Uh, no, but really, there's a lot of shit going on there. I would have thought that after what happened with Cassian, that a lot of these people would have been motivated to be a part of the rebellion. But it doesn't seem like they're quite there yet, but it seems like we're getting there. What they did on Aldani is working. They forced the Empire's hand, and we're seeing the squeeze of the Empire radicalize people even more so than what they were before. They are bringing the rebellion out of people, and I feel like Ferex is where we get to see what Luthen was talking about, the actual fruit of the Aldani raid come to pass. Because 80 million credits is nice. I'm sure that buys a lot of blue and green milk. You get to hang out, get yourself a new speeder. But the real value in that mission was, was what how the Empire responded to it, which my Mothman and everybody talked about, you know, the new regulation that's out, the new... The, the the new was it the P-O-R-D decree like the Imperial Patriot Act of some sort. Um, and that's we see on Ferris how that's affecting real people and how those people are responding to it. And the spirit of the rebellion is becoming a part of them. It feels so weird because I keep thinking that, like, oh, will this be the last that we see of the people on Ferris? Because Cassian's off to another adventure or another planet and he's in another jam or whatever. It's like, no, we keep sticking with these characters that are incredibly important and just as important to the events that need to follow here because the Empire's on his tail. Mm -hmm. We keep seeing Marv like trying to, she's in declining health, which is very sad and I'm very not excited about that. Uh, when we get to see Bix and uh, Brazo finally like talk about like what the after effects of, you know, 
Marv's galvanization is. Is the fact that like you know she's getting reckless. She's like trying to open up these sewer gates to make sure that that secret tunnel behind the hotel is still working. Like she's doing a lot, and it's starting to see if like you know the rest of this planet, the rest of this little settlement here. Uh, can hold up because, you know, maybe not as many people are on that side. Maybe, you know, Bix is just starting to understand what these implications are for her. And then when she gets, you know, apprehended, that's going to be a whole nother can of worms. Got her jammed up. Got my girl hemmed up. It was tough. Razo did his best to try and, um, you know, try to get her, get her out of there, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't to be done. I mean, he gave it a listen. He wasn't going to be there and stop her. Like, he wasn't going to get pulled up himself. You know, I understand. I understand. It, it was smart of him because he was just like, oh, no, I wasn't like, because he clearly wasn't trying to get himself shot. <laughs> yeah. But he was just like, oh, no. But yeah, now he's locked up with Deidre and the homie um, with, the, with the son. And so it becomes a question of like, what does Bix tell Deidre? Right, like that's that's a scene that's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome next week. Is like, hey pal, I seen. Uh, I know you and uh, you and old boy was tight. What was your relationship? Mm, okay, okay. So, um, do you know where he is? You want you know what I mean? Like that type of back and forth is gonna is gonna is gonna happen. And so I'm excited to see what, does Bix play along with the game? I don't think Bix Bix sound like a, a real one. She's not gonna fold. I don't think right, she not fold. she not Tim she not Tim right. she not gonna this, fold. This episode, in many ways, is the Empire Strikes Back of Andor. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, yes. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they do. They we always do that. We always oh, this is the Empire Strikes Empire Back, sh- of, yeah. back of the. <laughs> this is yeah. uh, this is the Empire Strikes Back of. Uh, the Groot shorts. I am Groot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the Empire Strikes Back of, you know, and this is the Empire Strikes Back of Ant. Because it ends on a down note. Everybody's yeah. fucked. You know, somebody gets screwed off at the prison. Cassian's mm. eaten through a tube. Ugh, it's crazy. And if no he's flavor. good, he'll, and if no he's good, he'll get flavor. That's good to get flavor. They, and then I bet the flavor is something gnarly too. It's probably like, Crushed ants or something. I think it's like, like I, you're just that's the snow piercer in you thinking about yeah. that. No, uh, no, yeah. I was thinking it would be like toothpaste or something, just like mint. I thought it was just like salt. There's still a little salt in there for you. I think mean, about your flavor, bro. Yeah. I hate the empire, bro. I thought I hated the empire, but I really, I, I really had not that much reason to hate them, but I hate the empire. The empire are a bunch of jerks, bro. They got my man assembling engines. In there, was putting engines together like giant his, fidget spinners. It looks like, like yeah, nineteen exactly. <laughs> it's like his nineteen fifty six in Detroit. Like he going to ah, you know, making engines. Going, yeah, yeah, like but, and they just and then you got to do it quicker. And I'm all the scene is all tense because somebody's shit gets jammed. I'm like, I hope they're not about to take them to the ground because because the old take man the is just like pin uh, jam. I got a question. When we saw Luthen and Saw talking, Luthen was like, hey, I need you to meet this guy, Anto Krieger. Who is Anto Krieger? Like, who do you guys think Anto Krieger is going to be? Because I, I got no idea. From I, what, I, I don't know who that is specifically, but it, from what he responds with, what Saw, how Saw responds to him, it seems like he, it's, it's another Saw Guerrero-like figure, like another guerrilla warfare rebel alliance head of like this, you know, insurgents uh, sect that they don't get along. 
because he names off all of these political affiliations that like neo-separatists and all of these other things that are like not down with what he's down with. And he's like, they're all lost. So like, it doesn't matter who you have me meet with, even if the parts are free, because I'm not with how he does things. And that's the biggest, biggest problem with the Rebel Alliance right now. Because if we go, if we flash forward to what we know in Rogue One, like, Saw Gerrera was like the wild man of the Rebellion. He was the guy that, he was, he was nuts. Deception! The, the, but the alliance was just like, no, we don't deal with him anymore. So knowing that his reluctance for, you know, the rest of their methods aren't, you know, really above board for him, he's clearly going to be somebody that is not going to be really siding with the rebellion that much in that way. I think Anto Krieger, I think the guy that he mentioned is like probably going to be crucial to the ending of this season, I, I would imagine. I think Luthen's going to, you know, he tried to give him the saw. Saw didn't want him. So Luthen is a guy who takes action. So Luthen's right. going to make the call. He's going to be like, hey, Cassian, one last job. Cassian, Blair, man, you, didn't you try to get me killed? Ah, we could talk about that later. Don't worry about Val and Cinta. We could deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a job. I got this guy, Krieger, got this thing going on. We're going we gonna to try to put a real dent in the empire. Like, are you down? And Cassian, you know, being just a fresh man out of prison. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know, get me out of prison. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> drinking favorless soup for how many months? Gonna be like, you know what? Hell yeah. I know we got beef, but damn, me and Empire got beef too right now. Let's get yeah. it. Let's go. Would you join the rebels? Like, no questions asked to get out of jail? I would. Oh, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Please. It depends on, on what man. they wanted me to do, bro. I mean, really? it's, it, I guarantee you it will be better than building giant fidget spinners and uh, sucking uh, a tube from Whoa. like oatmeal. <laughs> Whoa. You saw what he did? That's not, that's, <laughs> that's not the prison movie that we're talking about, Steve. Whoa. Hey, yo. Whoa, whoa, Steve. That's not the prison movie that we're talking about. Did you see me, me and Jomi right away? Like, that's a different prison movie. I don't think we're gonna see that on Disney Plus, Steve. Hey, come there on, was, man. That's that's Andor behind there the green door. There was a hose with goop in it, and he was just drinking it. All right, bro. Be careful. You saw the episode? Nah, I didn't see the one that you saw, apparently. Oh, you right. saw a different prison movie. Charles, please come back. Whoa! If Charles Listen. was here, that would have got it all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, I think not wearing shoes... Like I would join the I would join the rebellion just for shoes at that point, and then the rebels would just be like, you know, it's better that you don't wear any more shoes. Yeah, because it's strengthens the tendons in ankle your, strength. In your ankle. Oh, All please. right, uh, fantastic episode of Andor. Very excited about what happens next. I'm not sure when Cassie's going to break out of jail. Uh, I do expect a very thrilling prison break scene. So we're going to have a heist and a prison break while in the same season. That's a lot. Loving that. Right now, we got to get to some nerd news because there's some big shakeups over at DC. James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to lead film, TV, and animation for DC. This is, to me, a seismic shift 
you could say that the hierarchy of power. <laughs> there you go. Say it. You, you, in the DC you. universe has changed. Yeah, so yeah. James Gunn uh, is essentially DC's Kevin Feige? Uh, yeah, along oh, yeah. along with, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Good I, I feel like the writing was a bit on the wall once they kind of gave him carte blanche with Suicide Squad. How weird is the sequence of events here? Because... Internet trolls try to get James Gunn canceled and fired from Disney, and he does. And then DC hires him, and then Disney hires him, and then DC makes him their new Kevin Feige. Yeah, it's like right after we get this announcement, we get the announcement about the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Christmas special. Uh, he's he's running shit now. He's running <laughs> shit. Um, do you guys think that he that they're doing another Zack Snyder situation where you'll have one guy who is the creative head, uh, but also kind of directs all these movies? Or do you think we're having more of a Kevin Feige type of archetype where things flow through the creative vision of one guy, but a lot of other different creatives are entrusted to do their things? Like, how do you think this is going to work? I don't I don't know exactly, because, you know, reading the Hollywood Reporter article, they mentioned, like, yeah, he'll still direct stuff. You know, like, he'll still, you know, be doing whatever Suicide Squad or Peacemaker, whatever project he wants to direct he can do that. So it's not totally like a Kevin Feige thing. As far as I know, Kevin Feige hasn't stepped behind the lens of, you know, Iron Man or whatever it'd be. So I'd be interested to see like what the dichotomy is between like him being an actual director and him being the executive. You know, like at what point do you like make that line of demarcation between your jobs? It's, I think it, Kevin Feige should direct and or Prison Life After Dark oh for God. Steve. Oh boy! All right, I think oh, I think Steve wants right. to see. All right, St- Andor. Ah, anyway. Um, so what are you gonna say, Steve? Uh, I I think that this is an interesting move because it's tough to know what real direction DC will be going in after this because it seems like they've they've had more leaders than the UK's had prime ministers at this point. Like it's Jesus it's got a lot change in direction and like unsure leadership going forward. I think James Gunn is a very good person to have at your helm because he's a good person to have in your pocket. If it's a Zack Snyder situation, you know, do we see another reset of whatever the universe that we know the DC universe is? Are they going to try to take from the Marvel playbook and build off of that? Or is there going to be a bit more of like a, just a sporadic, more one-off type of quality to the movies, but you know, we get better, you know, seemingly better quality movies or over one cohesive story. It's it's tough to tell. Um, what I know is that like J- James has got a great creative vision and a great like sense of what to make those that's stories. That's the most out important of. thing. And that's the most important, and that yeah. really is the most important thing. Yeah. That is something that it, that puts a lot of good faith in me as to what the direction of DC can go. And to know that like those riskier or like, you know, out more out there projects like our favorite Harley Quinn could stick around. Maybe we get to see a Birds of Prey too. one of my favorites come back. What do we see? James Gunn's at the wheel. A lot more things are on the table. I'm interested to see how they balance a lot of the things because you know, my, my initial thought when I was reading the thing was like, this is why DC won't see heaven, right? This is why like, you know, they'll never be successful because like while James Gunn's got his thing going on. They've also got the Matt Reeves Batman. That's not folded into the same program, right? And they mentioned like all like all, with all their stuff like Black Adam 
and da da da. Like they might not fit in the same universe. They've, they've got multiple universes going on at the same time, which is which is weird. But like that could be that could be nice, right? That not every movie has to do with some big cinematic universe or whatever. Like this movie could just be this movie, and we can just sit here and have some fun, have some good times. Like that's cool. That's that you know is not the worst thing in the world. To enjoy, you don't have to sit back and like like every Marvel movie is like, oh, I wonder how this furthers the agenda or what happens in this movie. We can just go to a DC movie and it could be silly and dumb. Or we could be like, cool, that was great. They had nothing to do with nothing. Awesome. I think what DC needs more than anything is kind of what we're talking about. I think what DC needs is a sense of purpose. You know, what is not even we know why they're making the movies. They're making the movies because we're, you know, uh, attached to these stories from childhood. But what's the purpose? Like what? A lot of times in the DC movies, they seem random. Iron Man 1 is about something. Yes. Iron Man 1 is, of course, it's Tony Stark, but it's about a guy who is facing the world that his father built um, and asking asking the question if he wants to build on top of that legacy or build his own. And he gets thrust into that after he sees what the weapons that his father's company and his company have been making, what they're capable of, and he becomes the victim of that. And that sets him on a new path, which then builds um, an entire superhero movement. And springing from that one moment, you get an entire new era of heroes in this world that wasn't aware of them. We knew that they had been around, you know, we've we've seen stuff, but wasn't aware of them. Uh, DC has not had the ability to make Superman into that or to make Batman into that or to make any of these characters into anything that means anything more or asks or answers any questions about the world that they're in. They just haven't had a strong narrative or they haven't had a compelling narrative um, or a worthwhile one. Sometimes they have, but uh, for, for by and large, no. Um, as a matter of fact, I'd say Peacemaker... For I know Charles isn't a huge fan of Peacemaker. Peacemaker succeeded in that. It answered, it asked all kinds of questions that it wanted its cast and its characters to answer. So I think DC, under James Gunn, somebody who was able to do that with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it'll be in a better place if, if he's willing to pass the pill. Because it can't be all, every movie can't be with the style of the Suicide Squad. Every movie the it's 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 got to be as varied mm-hmm. and as rich as we hope these films can be and they also have the opportunity and I'll stop talking after this to actually go further than marvel because as much as we give marvel credit for bringing in different voices and different visions we also know that there's on the other side of that a criticism that marvel tries to shoehorn these creatives into uh their respective boxes at times so dc has the opportunity not to be as good as Marvel, but it has the opportunity to be better, which seems like a tough task. It's just who knows if they'll take it. Who knows? I, if whole, James I wholeheartedly be- agree. I, I think yeah. I think that James Gunn is a good fit for this because he also has some insight as to how the Marvel machine works because he's been in it for yeah. three plus movies. It's he's he's pretty knowledgeable about even sort of the creative differences, quote unquote, that you might have in the Marvel machine. Maybe he knows how to circumvent those. Maybe he wants to give those creatives a bit more freedom, a bit more creative oversight, so long as he can steer the ship in a bit more of a, you know, cohesive direction. Whether or not that is more of a Marvel-esque whole to a bigger, broader multiverse, et cetera, et cetera. Or if this is something that makes DC a more 
uh, just solid brand and a bit more of a confident place to go to see those movies because it's it, it can be tough sometimes when, when the next DC movie is coming out. Like, I don't know how many people are psyched for Blue Beetle, but if we get if, if it's a great movie, and I hope it is, it'll be great. I'm psyched for Superman. Mm, I mean, for me personally, if James, Bond, James Gunn brings back Young Justice, we're cool for life. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's my guy. Oh, that's, that's it. Wait, hey, what? Would, would you, what? Would, you be, would you be down for a live action Young Justice? Um, I need to talk to me. My people need to talk about that. We need to have a conversation. We have to like a deep introspective of what damage that could do to me. If you get a Young Justice a la Titans... Are you fine uh, with that? Nah, nah. See, like, Jeremy's see, not a big Titans guy. Not, He's not a Titans guy. I am guy, a big. No. T- well, let's hold on. I am a big Titans guy. I just know what I'm watching, right? I'm not watching cinema. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I'm, you feel me? Like I'm like I got, I got 50 minutes to kill. What are we doing? Uh-huh, you know what uh-huh, I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know. I know what Titans is. I know what Titans is. It's not getting like crazy. Sure. Um, but nah. What I think what's really funny is he's got to promote. He's got to promote Guardians of the Galaxy 3 at some point because that movie's going to come out. And so he's going to be like, you know, the head of DC at the Marvel premiere, like, hey, go watch this movie, you know, that I made for for Marvel, despite the fact that my my checks are signed by DC. That's got to be that's going to be funny. It's going to be funny to watch. It'll it'll be fine. That's a that's a that's all in the game. Yeah. It's, I have fun, one I mean, it's funny, though. I have one question for you guys before you get out of here. Something Sorry. that I was killed for and I never got a chance to bring it up oh, would you guys be into a live action Kingdom Hearts movie oh my we don't there's oh my god Damn. oh my god okay so wait 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 wait I I have a lot to say so I said that there's they should do a live action Kingdom Hearts movie and I got fucking killed over that people were like that's so stupid it's a terrible idea I, I have 20 questions. One, have you played uh, Kingdom Hearts? Of course. You're lying. You've played Kingdom Hearts. Nigga. Have what you, did I'm I just say? I'm, I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah I, of course. Say, that's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, and I, I'm very, I'm very excited to hear this right now. I, th- this is incredible. I don't. <laughs> You you know we could have added that in post, can't right? Play this music. We know, we can add that in post. Let's listen, 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 listen to the guitar. That's my shit. You and I. Anyway, I got into There's music a new after that. So so here's the thing, right? I was I've not been lucky enough to play Kingdom Hearts, right? Oh my God. But okay, Steve, I didn't get to grow up rich and have a PlayStation Jesus and get to Christ. play Dude, Kingdom Hearts. You knew Doug? Wolfenstein. Yeah, but that's because you know I was I you know that was I got the Xbox. You feel me? It's 2017. You yeah, know, all right. Yeah, I had money at that point. You know, um, here's the thing, right? I've you know I gone back. I've like read some stuff. I've watched some stuff. There is maybe no more complicated story in oh, video out, games. Yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. Then no, Kingdom it, Hearts. No, 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 don't Steve. You Kingdom can't Hearts even, One is come simple. on, Steve. You can follow Kingdom Hearts One. Kingdom Hearts Kingdom, One. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts One. Is, Kingdom, but Kingdom Hearts Two and like yeah, no, like, it gets it, rough. It's, yeah, it's rough. It's Kingdom Hearts duper. One, perfect little story. Perfect you can story. make one, mo- but you can make one movie. You can't like right. How how you know like how crazy can he go? I think a live action Kingdom Hearts movie is tough. Oh, I think because like the beauty of the that first game was the fact that they got like a lot of old cast members from those animated movies back. To like reply, yeah. reprise those roles. I, I think a live action would be pretty tough. I think if you make it animated, it could be fun, but 
again, that's video that's games a lot already to cover. there, right? You're not changing. What did, what did they do about well you for? playing cutscenes? Yeah, they just said yeah. that it's a terrible idea. I don't I think don't it's think that it's bad of an idea. Who, I don't who's think get, it's who's a terrible playing Sora? Idea. Who plays Sora? Timothy Chalamet. Oh God! All right, come on, dude, man. So he wears At all least, of the big shoes and the what? like. You mean to tell me that Timothy Chalamet Chalamet cannot play Sora? All right, no. Jacob yeah, Tremblay. Right. Can, Jacob, what about Jacob Tremblay? Jacob, not doing nothing. Get all whoever, bro. Get Jacob Elordi is Riku. <laughs> get get uh get my man. Get Josh Hutcherson. Josh. <laughs> get Josh Hutcherson. Get Josh Hutcherson, man. Wait. So he's way okay. too old to play Sora. He's too old now to play Sora, yeah. So they had a gr- lot of great voice actors play um, some of the old Final Fantasy characters that were in it. So, like, they got Mandy Moore to play Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Like, should Mandy Moore play Aerith? Should we get yeah, everybody? That- bring everybody yeah. back. Look, fucking do it. And and it, I, I, lo- I got so... So let me tell you, I played Kingdom Hearts. I used to work at a video game show. And I played Kingdom Hearts because uh, I worked at a video game show called Cybernet. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. I didn't know so that. I, so I worked at a video game show. So I worked at a video game show, and I played Kingdom Hearts, and I got super into Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts was awesome. Like, like couldn't turn the game off, like, at night, like, up till 2.30 in the morning playing Kingdom Hearts, right? Loved it. Loved the story. It's weird. It's trippy. It's, like, it's, it's a good game. It's like a game that you, when your roommates come in and they see fucking Mickey Mouse on the screen, they're like, what the fuck are you playing? And then, you, and then you're like, yo, man. It's this crazy game. It's Final Fantasy mixed with Disney. Donald Duck is in this bitch. On on paper, it's the most insane game you've ever heard of, but it's the best. So here's the thing, right? And here's, I think, the idea, I think, that can make it work, right? Sora live action. Everything else animated. Yeah. I mean, that's what it would have. What you... Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what what I'm saying. I just want a real Sora. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I just want a real story. Which Sora. makes sense because like he's traveling from all these other worlds. Like he can yeah. be like a human and then like, oh my God, 101 Dalmatians. What? Like it's a, yeah. That makes like sense. imagine like a human Sora in Toy Story, you know, with an animated Buzz and animated Woody with, with Donald think, and, and Goofy. I think all of those movies could feed into Kingdom Hearts. I think that Kingdom yeah. Hearts could, I think all of these movies could like, like Cruella and all of these different movies could feed into Kingdom Hearts. Okay, so and it could this be a is, so huge, you, big Disney extravaganza. So you're it could thinking be a gigantic. The, so you're thinking that Kingdom Hearts is basically Disney's Endgame. Yeah, it's like a huge Disney extravaganza, the launch of a Disney saga using all of the Disney stuff. You could do Kingdom Hearts. It's an IP. Orgasm. I love it. Just make it. I would do it. Uh, People. IPgasm. This is okay. All right. Quick. I have. I have just a couple questions, real quick. Favorite Keyblade, Van. Go. Here's the thing about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to it, man. I'm just. I'm, 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 I'm so. To be honest. I'm so elated that this is what we're talking about. I never it's in a million just, years would have yeah. thought you got in Kingdom Hearts. It's. It's just the three of us right here. Like, open up, man. Open up. The thing, Kingdom Hearts is like. Because when I talk about it, I don't think people understand like how much. I think about a game where you can call Simba to come help you out. Yeah, you know, it, mm. it's like it's like it, it, that type of shit. I'm a, like a little weirdo, you know, like a, a game where you can Bambi is on your team, fucking Dumbo yeah. is on your team. Yes. You know, you it's, use all yeah. kinds of different. And I was just like at night, just like fucking. Getting into Kingdom Hearts, 
And getting into my childhood, I never really gave a fuck about Final Fantasy or anything like that. It's just, it was a really special time. Me and Brett and Dan would get high. We would play the game. Oh, Beautiful time. And I, I, just I, think, I, I just think personally, I think personally, you know, Tinkerbell and all of these characters, I think that you could use them if you got the IP like Disney does mm-hmm. to make this one big extravaganza. And I don't understand why in live action that that's hard. I, I think I, th- I think this is genius. Absolutely Man. genius. Just take fucking Timothy Chalamet, strap Oathkeeper to his back, and Hell fucking yeah. lick it, and, 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 and let it fucking go. I'm with you, Van. This is the best. This is the best idea you've had yet. All right, we gotta go. Kingdom Hearts live action movie would be good. Kingdom Key, Oathkeeper, whatever you guys want to do. Um, it, it, uh, it, I don't give a fuck. I stand by this. <laughs> I'd stand right there with you, Van. I listen with you. I hear you. That's yeah. it. I didn't even want to talk about it because sometimes people. Sometimes people make me out to be too much of a nerd. This is a safe space for you in Kingdom Hearts, man. All right, that's a wrap. Thursday, House of R gives you their wrap-up on season one of House of the Dragon. And Friday, the House of R gives you their deep dive on the latest episode of Andor. Credits, our producer is Steve, the architect, Almond Joy, Sora, keeper of the the heart blade. I don't know why I I blanked right there. Joby and Dineron is on socials. The hater of all things Kingdom Hearts. Boo. 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 What? Hashtag Jomi Thottam. <laughs> An additional production um, by Arjuna uh, by Arjuna Ramkapal. He who sees not heard. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it. Okay. Oh boy. Thank God. Yes. Simba is my favorite summon. I love that little lion. Okay. If they make a live action Kingdom Hearts. This nerd will be crying. What is Wolfenstein? What? You never played Wolfenstein? Oh, it's a a video game. What is Wolfenstein? I just looked up Anton Krieger and it's a character. What's the guy's oh, name? Is it Anto Krieger? Ant- Anto Krieger Anto was Krieger. in a video game called oh, Wolfenstein. Oh, I looked up That's Anton Krieger. No. Anton yeah. Krieger is from Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, we don't, I don't think we have a Wikipedia entry for that character yet. Let me ask you something. Yes. If, is Wolfenstein set in the future or the past? Uh, the past. It's in uh, Nazi yeah. Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, why he got a headset on? I don't think they had headsets like that. It's, well, it's, it's a radio. It's futuristic. It's like, it's, it's well, like future, not to, like kind of like think man in the high castle, like steam, uh, steampunk. Yeah, not a, yeah like they I got guess. they got like robotic attack dogs. The Nazis, yeah. they got like a bunch of like you know. So what? So what is Wolfenstein then? Is Wolfenstein like? Wait a minute. Is Wolfenstein like? Is it? Do they have? I don't get it. Does Wolfenstein? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Wolfenstein. So it's World War Two, but they got robots. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like think, it's uh, like the Nazis were winning, and then they had all this crazy technology, and it's like this alternate future where like the Nazis are winning. Wait, this shit came out in 1981. Yeah, well, the, they made new yeah, ones. The first, stuff. yeah, they made new ones. Yeah, yeah. I've never fucking heard of this. It's a great game. The new you one's like a great Wolf, game. You like Wolfenstein? Yeah. Yo, they had Wolfenstein on the Apple II. What yeah. the? I, wait, am I? Yeah. Am I bugging? Am it's I bugging too, right not, now? Not, I, no, I, I have to have seen Wolfenstein before. 
I, no, I, it, I don't know what Wolfenstein it's is. It's a great game. Yeah. They got Beyond Castle Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're just in this like crazy Nazi castle. And you're so what like, do you do? You just, it's a Fight shooter. Nazis. It's a shooter. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty, pretty much it. It says it's a stealth. It, it's like, it, they say that it's like a, I'm looking it up. It's like Metal Gear. It's like stick solid. I'm gonna play Kinda, Wolfenstein yeah. after this. Wolfenstein: The New Blood. That's that's like one of my favorite games of that year that came out. It was really really good. Oh nah, yeah. man! It says that Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Oh yeah, that's that's the sequel to that to the new one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I so see how how stuff happens. I I put this name in to try to look it up, and then I'll get put on Wolfenstein. Yeah. Wait, the one you want to play in. is the one you want to want to play is Wolfenstein: The New Order. That's what you the want. The New yes. Order of Wolfenstein. The New Order. Yeah. Yes. But it's in the past. But they got robots. They got yes. robots and and so wild, like, wild. What shit. was that? What was that movie with uh, Jude Law, Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow? It's like that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like that. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot I've more gnarly than that. Yeah, it's really good. Back to Star Wars. <laughs> Great. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. (laughs) (laughs) I... 